0: Today, the learning experience looks much different than it did a few months ago. One of the biggest disruptions we've seen from this coronavirus pandemic has been the total upending of our educational institutions and norms. There's no doubt the pandemic has had a marked impact on working parents. New lockdown measures have forced many families into a haphazard attempt at homeschooling, done concurrently with parents' full-time jobs. Widespread reports that the mental health of our children is quickly deteriorating, are becoming more prominent and alarming. While as parents, we struggle to find the appropriate time to manage these issues and do our jobs. Welcome to Graduating Anxiety, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the academic challenges that students struggling with anxiety face. I'm your host, Alex Merrill. In this week's episode, I'm sitting down with Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. Her organization supports, educates, and empowers moms and women in business. Maria is also no stranger to the traditional education system, having worked for many years as an elementary school teacher. Today, we'll be discussing the challenges that working professional women are facing, navigating their careers and children's online learning during COVID-19. Ria, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for having story.
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You were the founder and CEO of uh, Mompreneurs. Uh, that was recently branded to Revolution Her. Um, your mandate has been uh, supporting women in business. Uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself and uh, what, what you do.
1: So I'm a mom of two and originally was a school teacher. <clears throat> and when I had my two kids... I was one of the crazy people that had them 18 months apart. I really had a struggle going back to work, and I decided that it was, my husband and I decided that it was better for us to stay home. I would stay home with the kids, and I really just wanted to be home with my kids for the beginning of um, childhood. And at, throughout that, I was actually doing some freelance work in entrepreneurship, and I just found that all of a sudden I was back into that world of small business. And was meeting other women at the parks, mainly, as our kids were playing. Nine times out of ten, they were entrepreneurs. And I just found that I would always be the one striking up the conversation. And I wasn't really sure why women weren't sharing about their businesses and weren't really just owning uh, the excitement of being entrepreneurs. They, It just felt like I needed to get women together to celebrate one another and to just talk more about life and family and work. So for me, it's, it's always been at the core of everything I do. It's been about bringing women together and helping support one another, just finding that community so we could talk and be around like-minded people.
0: What, uh, which grade level did you teach and like what sort of subjects?
1: I was in primary junior. So I started out in kindergarten, and when I left, I was teaching grade three.
0: And how old are your kids exactly?
1: Now they're 14 and going on thirteen. Well, um, yeah,
0: 14 and 13. There you go. Going on 13. I think mine's uh, eight going on 13. So. There you go. I'm with you. Yeah, terrific. Um, I would just, I'd mention, um, I mean, my mother is kind of an interesting story too. She she was 44 when my brother and I were going to um, grade school. It was like, I think well, I want to say fourth and fifth grade. And she joined the PTA because ketchup was considered a food group. They were having ketchup be the vegetable for <laughs> lunches. Yeah, so wow. um, she joined the workforce after having been out of it entirely to, to be a stay-at-home mother,
1: yeah. and
0: she is now the Secretary of State of Connecticut.
1: Oh um, my goodness! Yeah, that's craziness. That's amazing.
0: Certainly, some um, great success stories out there, and mm-hmm. uh, I love what you're doing. Uh, how difficult uh, has this experience been for you? You know, your members, your family, and yourself in particular. What are sort of the, the key challenges of navigating business while your uh, children are switching to uh, remote learning?
1: It's been interesting. I think the challenge has really come from this idea that previously I was home, like home by myself, everyone was off to school, and then all of a sudden you've got more bodies in your space. And trying to figure out, you know, between me being in work mode and... Automatically checking in. Did you? Did you eat something? Have you had any water? Did you have your breakfast? Why right. aren't you paying attention to your classes? It's like this constant struggle between entrepreneur Maria and parent Maria, and I think that's what a lot of. A lot of parents in general have been finding is this battle between how can I possibly focus on my work right now when there's a million other things going on around me and people need me for different things. And I'm only one person. I can't do it all at the same time. My daughter just went back yesterday to in-person school. But it's also such a bittersweet moment because there's still so Mm -hmm. much uncertainty here. And, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. you know, there's anxiety and there's also that need Mm -hmm. for social connection and she just she learns better in person she's just that kid right so
0: yeah well I I don't I think she's in good company there I'd say pretty much every parent in the world is is juggling in some way that they have not had to before
1: it's become this new normal almost like you think back what two years ago to that BBC interview where you know, the, the interviewer is hijacked by his kids kind of strolling in. And now it's like, <laughs> right, right. guys, that's totally normal. You know, yeah. let's all just oh, yeah. Yeah. go with the flow. So
0: That's good. Yes. Um, <laughs> would, you, would you say that the COVID-19 has had even a sort of an uneven impact on working mothers in particular?
1: I'm hearing that that's the case. Uh, we've done a couple studies here in Canada. And only 7% of moms are saying that they're actually not feeling stressed through COVID-19, that they're okay. (laughs) I'm seeing the women in our community at least, and we've got a community of just over 23,000 women here. I'm seeing that they're very much struggling. They aren't taking time for themselves. They are being pulled in a multitude of directions, whether it's for work or, you know, if everyone's home, now the home is a disaster. They're constantly thinking about what meals have to be cooked. You know, the bills are still piling up. They're still having to pay for rent if they own a company. Um, If they are working from home, you know, there's chaos happening and they've locked themselves into a closet or a room as they try to get work done. And it's just, it's absolutely unsustainable. Mm. I think a lot of the weight bears on the shoulders of moms right now who are Mm. trying to figure out how to keep everything normal, which is just impossible. It's not normal.
0: I, I'm curious for this this um, uneven application. I mean, in in my household, we're both home and we're both trying to carry on careers. I guess to me, it it falls unevenly because I sort of have lower standards for childcare. Um, I, I don't know <laughs> if this is a common thing, but like for example, if like my son is like, he he's almost two. But if he's pitching a fit over i'm like oh don't worry about him he'll like he'll stop eventually like you know it's no big deal and my wife's uh, you know in the corner like with the head in her hands just like you know in fetal position like when you know when is this going to be over When is it? Yeah. i don't know if that's instinctual there's a biological element to that or something but
1: i think everyone's got their different parenting styles and styles of being home like i said i'm Uh, this was my space when everybody left. So, you know, I look over and the counters are clean. It makes me happy. If I get up from my desk, I, you know, Mm. so all of a sudden when things are just thrown upside down, it's hard to kind of rejig back into any kind of normal pattern that you had. I think a lot of times women just put that pressure on themselves that, you know, they have to be the ones that are organized. They have to be the ones that make sure everything's tidy and, we don't have to, you know, in a, in a working relationship, there's two people involved and I think right. standards do have to kind of come into the middle. If, if that's the case, I don't know what it is, but I know for a lot of women, you know, if there are two working parents and one has been able to go back, oftentimes the woman is the one that is staying home and trying to keep things right. organized and right. it's sending women back decades, unfortunately. And so we're just, hoping that that won't be something moving forward that it's just a blip that's kind of what i'm hoping anyways i'm not sure
0: right i mean what are what are some ways that you can sort of recover some of those gains that you're talking about from the last few decades in terms of women in the workforce
1: i'm hoping right now anyways most uh, organizations have been very flexible and ideally in the next one to three years when everything's kind of uh, level out again
0: hopefully <laughs> hopefully
1: uh, that those organiza- organizations and companies continue to offer that flexibility for women in particular well for everyone in particular but but women especially you know they're still having kids they're still needing that flex work right it's ideally you know if women are able to keep up their structure and be able to get their work done where they feel like they're confident in their skill set and what they're offering And companies recognize the importance of flexibility and flex care. I do think that, you know, there's a chance that women can come out of this still moving forward with what they need to do. I'm not sure what it's all going to look like in the next couple years, but we have to be able to work together and see the greater good for our children, for ourselves, for the companies that we run, and for the talent that we're employing.
0: I mean, and I and I think you sort of alluded to this earlier, but I think a lot of the, the ground happens in the house domestically, I yeah. think, between partners and inside of families. And I think it's been natural that there's had to be some sort of Um, collaborations there that were were not Mm -hmm. like some issues that were conflicts, you know, that were previous to the pandemic were able to be swept under the carpet. Or I guess it's an opportunity in some ways to uh, maybe resolve some of those things.
1: Absolutely. Just the idea of compromise between two people in a household, but also compromise between, you know, companies that like I said, they need their talented workforce, that compromise of saying, look, this is what we want. This is what we need. Let's come together in the middle, work together. You're going to change some of what you do. We're going to change some of what we do. And we're going to make this work. And ideally, if, if all the different moving parts kind of see that same greater good, then ideally, <laughs> there's a positive outcome because there is a lot of opportunity right now.
0: I think the biggest hindrance to working parents who are juggling both their career and their children's online learning has gotta be the winter. Every year I get sort of seasonal depression. You've been inside, you've been cooped up, you don't spend as much time outside and you just feel like lethargic and heavy and like a little bit hopeless and that is not gonna make parenting easier uh, by any means. Especially this year where, you know, the pandemic has forced a little bit more of that sort of isolation and, and staying inside and being sort of cut off a little bit from other people as well. That makes parenting really tough. Like, I don't know, you just kind of feel like I'm not really doing a great job as a parent. It's natural for that thought to sort of set in with the, the heaviness of the world being sort of a comprehensive thing. It's important to stay positive during these times, to stay connected with other people, the people that you care about, people that care about you. Stay outside, get enough sunlight, you know, all those things that, are, that you do to take care of yourself, your body, and your spirit that tend to f- fall by the wayside right around this time of year. How have you personally been coping? Uh, what are some of the <laughs> challenges of running Revolution Her while supporting your children through remote learning? Maybe you can get into a little bit of...
1: Oh, I used to say it was day by day. Honestly, it's hour by hour <laughs> for me particularly. particular. You know what? There's got to be some kind of trust uh, depending on the, the age of your kids. I mean, me personally, my hmm. kids are in grade seven and grade nine, and so... There's greater trust placed on them that if they are taking their devices into a room that they're being responsible and that they're paying attention to their lessons, Mm. you know, but for me, I've had to kind of just say like I'm turning my mom brain is turned off for the next two hours because I have Mm. to be in this meeting. I have to get to this deadline. I'm sorry, but I'm not your mom right now. (laughs) Go figure it out. Feed yourself. And it's hard because when you kind of turn that switch back on and you you turn your work brain off, you Mm. realize "Mm, they didn't do as well as they probably should have. But I can only be in so many places at so many times
0: exactly yeah and the, the thing is too you, you're you're fighting biology I'd say to some degree as well because as soon as you're like I'm on I'm, I'm unavailable like you can you mean like I'm gonna head upstairs right now it's like panic panic like where's mom where's mom yeah. it's like and then and then as soon as you're available you're like hey how's everything going you know what's the homework they're like totally chill like
1: yeah you know, that's not when you're needed you're not needed when you're available you're only yeah, exactly. needed when you know you're absolutely not available <laughs> right i again i for me it's gotten better but i wouldn't say it's sustainable for the next you know two three mm-hmm. years literally we launched revolution her so we had to put everything on hold and we launched at the end of may right when think you know school was off teachers didn't know what they were doing the kids were kind of in limbo I don't even know like I feel like it was a bubble of time where I lost just all sense of what was happening I mean we make it work but that doesn't mean it's perfect and I think that's what a lot of people students and parents need to kind of realize is it's not going to be perfect kids are learning at a different you know different than you and I grew up like things are completely different than anything we've all experienced in the last generation or two so for us, levels of success means, you know what, were you able to pay attention today? Did you write notes today? Like, did you actually make a connection to what your teachers were, were telling you? Uh, mm-hmm. And for us, mm-hmm. success is, are we enjoying ourselves on the couch at the end of the night, all happy with each other and wanting to be around each other? That right. is success for me. I, I just, I want to come out of this as a family that still loves each other.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think in, you mentioned the concept of judgment before earlier too, or you sort of uh, alluded yeah. to it. I guess what I'm finding hard with that element is that when you're, so, when you're isolated and socially distant, that it's even harder to determine like what sort of social norms are. So it seems like the tendency is to create these elevated sense of like super families that are living like all around you, like operating like in perfect synchronicity, you know, throughout the pandemic and their kids are like skyrocketing on into, you oh, know, higher they're... and higher grade levels and, you know, no. you're thinking of the poverty before your eyes.
1: I think, you know, it's so important that people realize, you know, The images you see and the stories you hear on Facebook and Instagram and and even, you know, meeting someone down the street as you're walking and things look like, wow, look at that happy family. They're walking so lovely. They're talking nicely. They're holding hands like seriously. Everyone's got their own (laughs) stuff going on. We all kind of have to do what works for us. And, you know, for me and in this family, we're definitely more screen time than we've ever had before. We're also not outside and we're here in Canada. It's freezing cold right now. I yeah. think we're in you know, minus yeah. 20 right now, right? The key word that we've been trying to use is just grace, grace for yourself, grace for the people mm. around you. Mm-hmm. you know, you're mm-hmm. doing what you can in the time that you have and right. don't assume everyone's got their stuff together because they don't. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> it's unfortunately and understandably been widely reported that the mental health of children and students is suffering. Uh, what can we be uh, uh, helping our kids and our families with um, in terms of mental health?
1: Well, this is just my opinion, but I, I really do think that there has to be less pressure in terms of, you know, make sure your marks are as high as they normally would be, or, you know, all the extras that kids tend to have that parents place. So there yeah. are pressures being put even in the kids knowing which platforms to access and doing it properly and being there on Mm, time. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's some mornings where they're just tired. It's exhausting right now. Like let's be honest, things are exhausting. So last night my daughter had a a soccer program. She's a competitive soccer player and (laughs) it's, you know, she's not being able to play. She's not being able to properly kick a soccer ball. Um, And her team has put together, it's Mm. a big part, they put together an amazing program, but last night was more screen time on self-care and she looked like she just wanted to gouge her eyeballs out. And I said to her, Sophia, just just come and help me make dinner. Let's put some music on. Let's just chill together. Just sign off. It's okay. So I think part of the self-care, you know, we're telling kids, watch this on self-care. Parents, watch this on self-care. Read this just go take 20 minutes to do nothing. You don't realize how little you're doing for yourself and how much you're giving to other things and other people. So right. that mental health piece is really, really important right now. And when you see that mm. someone is just kind of slumped over and just <laughs> absolutely not where they're not in a good space, there's a reason for it. And there's a, a chance to just kind of say, let's get outside. I don't care. No, how let's just go for a walk. Let's right. just go. Get some fresh air, whatever it needs to be.
0: Uh, generally, what are the uh, some of the challenges with online learning that students face today?
1: It really depends on the age is what I'm finding. So we've been hearing from some of the women in our group that they've just decided to stop online learning and they're just going to do some home teaching for the next couple months because online learning is just mm-hmm. not working mm-hmm. for their kids or for them. You know, especially if you're doing concurrent Teaching at the same time, you know, in high school for my son, their cameras are off. There's really not a lot of accountability. It's very easy for kids to just be distracted and go to their devices or just open up a new tab and watch Mm. something else while Mm -hmm. a lesson is happening. So if the teachers are not engaging the students, which in some cases they can't, then that's a huge struggle for parents right now. You know, how are you keeping your kids engaged? Are they actually learning anything? And I think for a lot of parents, the key has to be, what do you want your kids to come out from all of this being stronger in? Are mm-hmm. they really going to be far behind in English and math and these subjects, or are they going to be farther behind in terms of their mel- mental and, and personal well-being? You know, there's a fine line between stay on task and be in the class, or how are you doing today? Are you Okay do we need to talk? Right. Should we, should we be moving more? Like mm.
0: there's a, there's
1: an, a middle ground that needs to be met and Probably. I don't put any blame on the teachers at all. Like I said, my husband's a teacher, they are stretched right now to try right. and make this as engaging and fun as possible, but they're exhausted mm-hmm.
0: too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd say from our, from our perspective, I mean, my da- I have a daughter who's about to turn nine since the pandemic has taken off it's been this like total skewed uh, experience for her where it's like academically she's like four grade levels ahead but like you know has some emotions that she does yeah. not know what to do with you know social skills are difficult for her yeah. and i feel like the pandemic generally speaking has done that academically it's been okay like it's big broad generalization but i mean she's learned a ton During this time and being around our parents, too, I mean, nobody has a bigger stake in teaching their kids than the parents. So, I mean, if you're spending that much time around your parents, you've been getting that Uh, the social skills are just really lagging.
1: Oh, there's no chance really to be social. Right. And, you know, I worry about the kids that the parents that are pressured to not be in the home because of work. Right. Not all workplaces are allowing parents to be home. And so I wor- I do worry about those families because the amount of pressure on mm, the kids mm-hmm, to be focused mm-hmm. when there's really not a lot of support and the amount of pressure on the parents to support their kids when they also need to put food on the table. You know, yeah. there's a whole cohort of yeah. parents and kids that are really going to be left behind and you know socially social skills like like I said my son's in grade nine that's like you know you remember your high school days that's when you all of a sudden kind of meet all these new people and it's just not happening.
0: Maria mentioned that entrepreneurship amongst younger kids and adults uh, is going to be more common as we transition uh, back to quote-unquote normal. I would say that's probably true how many people during this sort of pandemic have turned to sort of side gigs or you know online ways of making money i th- certainly think that will you know have an effect on the youngest generation particularly those who are really struggling to join the workforce you know fresh out of college really i think they're the ones that are unequally affected by a downturn in the economy like this they're really struggling to join the workforce so that's absolutely one place they would look. The, the only problem is it's really tough to make it as an entrepreneur now too, you know, just given you know where things are uh, in terms of uh, entrepreneurship, but I'm interested to see what will happen. We hear the phrase new normal a lot, speaking of that. Mm-hmm. And for our kids, this is a huge reality. Kids are impressionable, adaptable, and it's crazy to think of that for younger kids, This is the only reality they've ever known. What do we need to do to set those kids up for success? I mean, what sort of values do we promote to give them a shot at normal
1: childhood? To be honest, I actually think the younger kids are going to come out kind of better. (laughs) Um, Because like you said, they don't know anything different. And so Hmm. this is going to be kind of a, a base for where they're headed. I think our normal has to change, truly. We need to be kind of Open to this idea that moving forward, you know, society has changed. So many new concepts are going to be brought into teaching and learning, and you know, socializing because of what we're experiencing in the pandemic. So we have to be open to that. The younger kids are going to already be set.
0: Absolutely, um, and I would say too, just in in my observation with with the way that technology is moving, that simulation. That virtual reality is uh, and like AI, yes, are going to blend together. I think we have to reimagine everything. We have to reimagine exactly. Well, what yeah. does grade eight look like? What does grade nine look like? All of those rituals and all of those, you know, r- rites of passage yeah. that we had are probably gone,
1: or at least you know adapted in a way that's going to be more relevant to the times that we're in. You know, when you think yeah. of this pressure we're placing on kids to Meet criteria in math and language, and that criteria was placed on us by us by people. So why can't that criteria change too? Right? You know, we're seeing an influx of kids learning more about financial literacy now, and and you know Mm -hmm. things like Mm -hmm. home ec, which you know kind of went the way of the dodo bird for a long time. There, we're trying to teach kids real things. So maybe the curriculum changes completely because of what's important now
0: so what can employers and governments be doing to support working professionals especially mothers who are trying to navigate this balancing act
1: well i think right now this idea of being granted some kind of paid leave to continue to run your family continue to support the children if they are going to be home homeschooling um that paid leave is going to be a A a big deal. I mean, I know in North America in general, Mm -hmm. that's something Mm -hmm. that we're all hoping to look at in the near future, uh, especially waves of the pandemic as they come and go. Right. So, the starting and stopping of the economy is is detrimental for a lot of people. You know, we still represent a lot of women entrepreneurs in our community, and the uncertainty and the you know open for a week and then closed for two months and then open for two weeks and then closed for three months because the spikes just keep coming and going. It's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again, it's unsustainable. And so, you know, in terms of government and how women can be supported and parents in general, there has to be some kind of system in place where, you know, being home and staying safe for the greater good is awarded. It's encouraged. You know, if you can do that, do it it's okay we got your back we'll make sure that you're covered
0: what do you think the the future of education looks like for both uh, students and parents who are balancing their careers
1: the idea of teaching through cable networks and really getting people connected in a way that you know didn't matter if you had technology devices if you didn't have Wi-Fi in your home you know if you don't have a laptop kind of breaking the barriers in terms of how kids could access education. I think that's a piece that does need to be looked at in future. I do think that there needs to be some more creative ways that we're looking at teaching our kids and getting them engaged. I don't know what it is, but I Mm. can see what's not working. I think entrepreneurship is going to really spike because people are going to see, look, this isn't working. Here's how I'm going to change it. And it's going to be, you know, younger kids younger teens and young adults that are going to take that lead and be the new leaders because the old ways are not going to work moving forward
0: well uh thank you very much for your time maria that was that was a great conversation was great chatting uh, with you yeah i appreciate your time thank you for coming Me
1: too thanks alex
0: One point that we talked about was that companies need to recognize the value and offer more flexibility to women in particular, to help meet the needs of their parental as well as their sort of career duties. And we talked about it too, internally as well as externally on social media. I think it's important for us overall to have more of an awareness of the pressures that that are facing them, both internally and externally maria said success to her is being able to sit on the couch at the end of the day with her family and enjoy their company that's i think a really uh, important thought and one that's that tends to relax the pressure that i would put on myself this pandemic has been a success in that regard (laughs) i mean uh, anyone who hasn't spent any time with their family you know during this retreat i mean this is your best shot in the world you know whether you like to or not they're climbing up your legs it's important to keep that success in mind because it's somewhat invisible, I think, in the face of so many other struggles right now in terms of professional life, in terms of being able to hold marriage together, you know, to hold all of the relationships with your kids together, to have some sort of family environment. I mean, all the other pressures, so many things that could potentially be going wrong right now. It's important to, to keep that one small success in mind. You know, we talked about the pressure that is put on kids who, you know, what, what grades they're getting in school. I mean, I think that should should totally be backing off of that altogether. I, I don't think it's a, a realistic goal to be just grinding away on academics right now. I mean, I think it's refining that context really makes a big difference. You're not homeschooling, you're homeschooling in a pandemic. You're not sending them to school, you're sending them to school in a pandemic. The expectations for that have to be completely different. And they have to be completely different for what what that was based on. I mean, our expectations are based on what happened to us growing up. That's a completely different world. I mean, on so many different levels. You know, not only because of the influence of technology, set the pandemic aside for a second, that have made the experience of growing up completely different. Um, you know, all the different coming of age sort of, you know, moments, those are different. And again, that's without the pandemic. And you know, think about those in a sort of traditional context, but you just kinda gotta let that stuff go. I mean, look, there's gonna be some sadness and I think some sense of loss and nostalgia in that, and that's okay, but we're onto a new set of expectations and you gotta roll with it. Thanks for listening to Graduating Anxiety the podcast that helps caregivers of anxious learners overcome obstacles to find academic success and build continuously happy lives. If you liked this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Merrill. See you soon.